All right, let's go on to God's word this morning, shall we? Turn our Bibles to John's Gospel in chapter 3 and verse 16. John chapter 3 and verse 16. I don't know if we should actually turn the Bible and read it or we can even say it out by heart. I'm sure we all know it by heart, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his own and only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Well, this is um, literally, uh, if we can call it the key verse of the Bible itself. The key that unlocks the story of the Bible. And when I say story, we're not talking about story in the sense uh, of a fictional story. The real story of the Bible, the real uh, full truth and the message of the Bible is simply uh, packed into this one uh, solid verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own and only begotten son. That's what Christmas is all about. And because I don't get to preach on Christmas Day, I'm going to preach Christmas sermon this morning. So that's exactly what Christmas is all about. That God so loved the world. And he still loves the world. He loves every one of us. And because God so loved the world that he sent Jesus down from heaven to earth to die on this cross. He was born to die. What love could it be that someone would be born to die for the whole world? Anybody who is born would be, is born to live, is born to live for themselves. Um, wants to live. But here comes Jesus being born to suffer, born to die. And through his life, he constantly is revealing to his disciples. He's telling them, I have come into this world that I might die. The son of man will be crucified and he will rise on the third day. In many different ways, in, even through parables, he tells of his uh, death and resurrection. This is who Jesus is. This is who our savior is. The very uh, fact of why he was born in this world itself makes Jesus and our faith so unique, isn't it? Amen. Praise the Lord. And that is what gives us the reason to share about who Jesus is to the world. To share the joy that we have received to the world. History itself is divided with the birth of Christ, B.C. and A.D. It's a very historically proven fact that Jesus was born in this world. There are so many archaeological evidences that point to the life, the birth, the life, the ministry, the death and resurrection of Christ. Um, one would, uh, you know, be a fool to actually try to refute uh, or to say that Jesus was not born or Jesus uh, was not who he claimed to be because his claims are so uh, you know, spectacular, unique, and they are true. And they are, you know, are lived out in our own lives. We are testimonies of the fact of who Jesus actually is. His work in transforming lives, in saving sinners for which he came. God so loved the world. And so he loved. Love is an action word and love is the one uh, thing that brought Jesus to earth and he created mankind because he's a God of love. He's a relational God and he came down to relate with us and he came down to relate with our needs, our problems, 
our sin and our suffering and he came down to rescue us from all of that because he loved god is love the bible says love is not god and that's what many people confuse with love is not god god is love all right and so as god himself is an embodiment of love and god came to show his love and he did not just express his love in words he did not just even though he did that through uh, all through history he just did not express it as emotions and feelings but he really demonstrated his love that's who god is he showed us he displayed he demonstrated he taught us what love is in uh, in action and love is very much an action word uh, because love actually gives love shares love is something which is expressed and love happens or is displayed in the context of a relationship and god is a relational god and he came down to have a relationship with us and he loved us with such an unending love that he would love uh, us so much that he would die for sinners sinners like us uh, we could probably look at our own lives and uh, uh, think or bring back to remembrance of all that we have done in our past Uh, we would certainly be very grateful to god to say that lord you loved a sinner like me you saved a sinner like me it's just his grace and his love that has saved us and that's who god is and that's why he came the significance or the purpose of his coming was to just demonstrate his love and he does that even practically um, you find that in john 13 where jesus comes down to wash the feet of his disciples a very uh, you know uh, dramatic expression of his love as he washes the feet of his disciples and he says and uh, jesus loved his own and he now showed them the full extent of his love we find that in john 13:1 showing them the full extent of his love he actually took off his outer garments wrapped a towel around his waist and washed the feet of his disciples and drying them with a the towel uh, that is who jesus is a god uh, who is worthy of honor and praise and worship who is worthy uh, to be bowed down and fallen down at his feet and to be worshiped at the same time who's a god of love who embraces us as his own a god of love who loves us uh, like no one else a god of love who loves and not just loves who doesn't just say i love you who doesn't who didn't just express his love on the cross of calvary but through that he also offers forgiveness of sins which is a result of love you can never forgive without loving amen and you may never be able to love without forgiving also because in relationships we always step on somebody's toes we always rub uh, somebody on the wrong side sometimes intentionally sometimes unintentionally doesn't it happen and so love involves forgiveness love involves giving you can never love without giving because love is an action word you can never love without giving god so loved the world that he gave <laughs> he gave his own and only son and so you can never love without giving and never give without loving also you know giving is also prompted so much by love and so love involves forgiveness love involves giving and that's exactly uh, what jesus did on the cross to err is human they say but to forgive is divine yes Uh, we have the capacity to love we have the capacity to give uh, men in this world have the capacity to love and give and forgive because of the love of god because we've been created in his own image 
and so we have the need for love and the capacity to love as well and so that's why it's very difficult for us uh, to take it when somebody denies their love for us when we feel we are unloved when we feel we are unwanted it really hurts deeply on the inside because we have been created in the image of god with the capacity to love and the need for love amen hallelujah and so god so loved the world that he gave and what did he give he gave his own son he gave his life for us he gave his life on the cross and that's why he came and so these two words actually capture the very essence of the coming of christ or the purpose of his coming love and life he came to give us life he came we were destined for darkness we were destined to destruction we were destined to eternal damnation in hell we were destined for a curse we were destined to death eternal death eternal separation from god but god so loved the world that he gave his only one and only begotten son that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life hallelujah so love and life very simple small words commonly used words <laughs> sometimes the word love is uh, the most uh, misused or the abused word also the way people process and understand love uh, is very different in the world uh, people have understood the idea of love from the movies <laughs> especially if you look at some of our local uh, movies uh, where a boy and a girl are running around in a park around a tree and the guy is reaching out to get hold of this girl and she runs away and he comes somehow magically on the other side across that river and you know tries to get a hold of her and she's next moment on that mountain top and he's you know climbing up or something like that i don't know i'm just stressing my imagination <laughs> that's the way people have come to understand love or it's about all about giving a red rose to somebody or uh, it's about valentine's day <laughs> and it begins and ends with that um very often um, you know it, it's love is selfless love is not self seeking and first corinthians chapter 13 is a whole passage of love we don't have time to read that now we're not going to go into it but the whole idea of christmas uh with love and life he came to give us eternal life without jesus is coming we would not have received eternal life we would not have this hope of eternal life we would not have this assurance of eternal life we would not have the hope of seeing those who have gone before us we have that hope that living hope because jesus loves us because jesus came down to give his life for us and that's the whole message of christmas and this is a season we got to be continuing to do or fulfill the purpose of jesus is coming yes even as we celebrate that jesus came we celebrate the fact that he died and rose again we celebrate the fact that jesus is the lord of our lives and that we have eternal life but while we celebrate while we are thankful while we are grateful while we are happy while we are rejoicing while we are putting on new clothes while we are you know have all of these papers and you know the colorful decorations and the lighting up of uh, the christmas tree and uh, probably a star in our homes and all of that in the middle of all of these is really important that we don't forget the significance of the coming of christ which 
involves love sacrificial love unending sacrificial love love involves sacrifice and he sacrificed himself because he loved us and he came to give us life he gave his own life so that we may have life what a good god we serve and this is the message of christmas this is a message of the good news of the gospel this is all about the birth of jesus and the reason why he was born and so 2000 years later after he was born and we even though we celebrate that and let's not get stuck with the old time um the outdated remnant of the uh european protestant form of celebrations and singing of carols alone while we still do that it's all right to do that as we celebrate but let's not just get stuck with that form of the ancient times of you know just celebrating putting on a three piece suit and uh, singing those carols and you know uh, uh, you know having a very uh, cold uh, snobbish christmas <laughs> if we can call it that way instead of having that let's move on to see why jesus was born and fulfill that purpose of his coming even in this generation in this time and sometimes we could just be stuck with that form we could just be stuck with that uh, tradition of celebrating christmas but let's steer away from the tradition of just celebration alone and let's start looking at the purpose of his coming and see how god has called us to be involved in that purpose Amen. Then that makes Christmas even more meaningful when you and I get involved in the purpose of his coming. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God because we at this season of the year we have a great opportunity to share about who Jesus is and why he came. Well, people are talking about Christmas. I'm sure that there in your office or in your school or in your college that probably some of you have these uh, Christmas uh, events, you know, happening itself. and you are having your programs and and very often santa claus takes the prime um, you know uh, attraction of uh, who what christmas is all about and so let's tell people no it's not santa claus and santa claus uh, is not christmas and jesus is not santa claus <laughs> some people are waiting on santa claus to come and drop some gifts through the chimney and they <laughs> and they wake up in the on christmas morning expecting Uh, some you know gifts uh, fr- through the chimney that santa claus would have brought through the night and they were writing wishes and um, you know and greeting people with wishes of santa claus uh, but let's steer away from those uh, ancient ideas uh, which make no sense and they are not realities and let's come to the reality of uh, the purpose of why jesus came amen hallelujah as people of god we got to think differently as people of god we need to think biblically Amen. And we got to act biblically also. And so looking at how God so loved the world that he gave his own son he loved and he gave us life. And so let's carry this love of God to the world. Let's take that life-giving word of God and Jesus to people so that that will make a difference in their lives that will save them from eternal damnation. What good would it be if we would celebrate with all kinds of people in our neighborhoods or in our offices or in our schools or colleges with you know people who know Christ and people who don't know Christ we celebrate and we give them gifts and cakes and we give them uh, we have Santa Claus coming and throwing chocolates at the crowd and and all of that happens at the end of it if people go to hell what good is it Are you with me this morning What good would all of that do if people don't have salvation 
If people are part of our lives, we know them. They are our neighbors. They are our friends. They are our colleagues. But at the end of it, after they have greeted us, happy Christmas, and we've greeted them back saying, Merry Christmas. And probably we've given some cakes and we've invited them home for a meal or, or probably we've gone out for a, uh, you know, for a dinner or something like that. We've had a good time. But at the end of it, if they do not find Christ, if they have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good, if they have not found this way to eternal life, all of the celebration, all of the talk, all of the greeting, all of the chocolates, all of the ice creams, all of the cakes, all of the high calorie stuff, it just means nothing. All of the decorations, all of the excitement in the air, all of the anticipation for Christmas Day, all of the new clothes, everything means nothing if they have not experienced the love of Jesus and if their lives have not been saved from eternal damnation. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not here to pour some cold water into your celebration and the excitement. That's not my intention. But my intention is from the word of God to see for ourselves why Jesus came and what am I doing about it? In what way are we celebrating that? It would be true celebration in heaven at the repentance of one sinner on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It would be true celebration for ourselves if we see somebody take baptism on Christmas day. <laughs> Hallelujah. It would be true celebration for us to see if someone would receive Jesus in their life and someone would want prayer and somebody would want to have Jesus, you know, the rest of their lives with them. If they would be willing to follow him, that would be true celebration for us. Hallelujah. And that's the celebration we want to have. That's the kind of celebration that we desire. That's the kind of celebration we want to pray for. That's the kind of celebration for which we want to work for. And not just a 25th morning celebration which hits its peak on 24th night as you walk in and out of the malls. And as we bow down to the gods of consumerism in the temples of consumerism, the peak of the excitement of celebration of Christmas is found there and on dance floors on 24th night and they end by 25th evening and people say, oh, Christmas is over only next year. And that's not the kind of life that we live. Amen. Our celebrations are meaningful celebrations. Our celebrations are celebrations because they have eternal consequence. Our celebrations involve things that are beyond the temporal. One day we will have to pull down all of these decorations and wrap them in a cardboard cotton and pack them and throw them, you know, up somewhere into a dusty place. The celebration ends. No. The celebration is on because every sinner who is saved, there is great rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that's the kind of work that God has called us to. He was sent. Jesus was sent. For God so loved the world that he gave his own and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish 
but have everlasting life yes we have got that everlasting life yes we celebrate jesus's birth but while we do that we look forward to how we can truly rejoice every opportunity that you get to share about the love and the life giving word of god there is celebration <laughs> hallelujah by the grace of god we have had a few opportunities this week to talk about the love of jesus and the life giving you know a word of god and about jesus to some people we went out as a team together to a, a nursing college at kalpakam early this week uh, and uh, were able to share the love of jesus to some nursing college students then i went to another college uh, arts and science college in about um, 1600 students there to whom i was able to share the love of jesus and yesterday selvi was able to uh, do an evening event for uh, uh, savita college you know dental pg students uh, doctors uh, you know pg students that's what really gives us a joy in christmas hallelujah if you can talk to somebody about jesus if you can help someone to believe in christ when that brahmin girl asked how do i read the bible when she was given a new testament when you just explain how she could read it wow that makes you to rejoice more than the color papers or the new clothes that you wear <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord you can have the raw silk or the printed silk or anything in between but when one girl like that would ask how do i read the bible do i just open it and read it somewhere randomly how do i read it and when you can take her through and show this is how you read it read one chapter a day she says okay i would do that i'm sure that gives you greater joy hallelujah praise the lord and so let's turn now bibles to john's gospel chapter 20 and verse 21 this is what jesus is telling his disciples john 20 and verse 21 again jesus said peace be unto you as the father sent me i am sending you hallelujah Jesus was sent by the father and as a father sent me i am sending you you and i are the true you know 21st century christmas baby that is born for somebody to receive that gift of salvation amen yes jesus was born for us but probably you and i are the ones who are right there like jesus was born and everybody came and found christ and the message of the good news of the gospel was proclaimed to the shepherds you and i are like that baby right in this world today while many churches they actually carry a baby doll right and do some incense and stuff like that in the church and 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 people actually begin to imagine that jesus is still that baby and he was just born this morning but probably you are the one that god is sending you jesus said as the father sent me i am sending you you're the one who is the carrier of that good news you're the carrier of the good news of the birth of christ you're the carrier of the reason why jesus came the message for which he came to proclaim 
read with me in chapter chapter 17 john 17 verses 15 to 18 my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but you protect them from the evil one they are not of the world even as i am not of it sanctify them by the truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world i have sent them into the world repeatedly jesus says i am sending you into the world john 17 verse 15 to 18 I have sent them into the world as you sent me into the world. Jesus has sent us into the world. They are not of the world. Do not take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one while they are in this world. But I am sending them into this world as you have sent me. Jesus is sending us. You and I are a sent out one. An apostle is a sent out one. The meaning of the word apostle is sent out. As a spirit of God was given, read with me in chapter 15, John 15, verse 26 and 27 also. When the advocate comes, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The spirit of God will testify about who Jesus is. But he also tells the disciples, you also must testify about me. The spirit of God is a sent spirit who is sent out into this world. He's a, he's a missional spirit. The Holy Spirit has not been given for us so that we will, you know, be filled with the spirit and experience some excitement. You know, some physical excitement of, uh, of just some exuberant worship that comes forth as exuberant worship or some with some clapping of hands or with joy. Of course, righteousness, peace and joy, uh, that's the, you know, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. That's what has been given to us when you are in the kingdom. There's peace, there is joy. But it's this, the coming of the Spirit, the giving of the Holy Spirit is not just for us to experience some joy while we will still do that. But the Spirit of God is there is great joy, there's great freedom in our hearts. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty, the Bible says. But it's not just for us, but the coming of the Holy Spirit has been, has been for us to be empowered to take the gospel to the world. And that's why the Holy Spirit was sent to us. And so just as the Spirit of God has been sent out, and the Spirit of God carried the message of the gospel and prompted people and sent them out into this world. Well, the early apostles were gathered, had gathered together at the church at Antioch and they were praying and fasting. There were prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch. And while they were praying, the Spirit of God came upon them and the Spirit of God told them to set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. You find that in Acts chapter 13 and verse number 4, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work. That's the work of the Holy Spirit to set apart people for his work. And so the Holy Spirit, the advocate will come and whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me and you also must testify. You also must testify. The Holy Spirit is a missional spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent down to the world to continue the work of Jesus in this world. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when the Spirit of God came upon the 120 people, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. As a sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit, they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. But what happened after that? 
Peter who had once denied Christ, Peter who was once afraid, Peter who once actually ran away from Jesus and cursed and said, I do not know Jesus. That same Peter, now filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up with the leaven and testifies about who Jesus is. And he actually looks at the Jews and he says, you who crucified Christ, you wicked men who handed him over to be crucified, now repent. And he spoke with such conviction and by the power of the Holy Spirit that the people were cut to their heart. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, they were cut to their heart and they asked, what must be must, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will give, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all those who are afar of all whom the Lord our God will call. He proclaimed the gospel with courage, with boldness. He was sent out again because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is a missional spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent out as Jesus was sent by the Father. The Spirit of God is sent by Jesus and Jesus is sending us also into this world. And he says, yes, just as the Father sent me, I am sending you into this world. Just as the Holy Spirit, the advocate is sent out and he testifies about me, you must also testify about me. How often we are ashamed to testify about Jesus. How often we are shy to testify about Jesus. How often we feel the burden, we have the desire, but we fail. But this morning, may we be reminded the reason why Jesus came into this world is to give us, is to extend, demonstrate his love and give us life for which for the same purpose he has sent us out as he was sent from heaven to earth as he was sent and he was born in this world the same way you and i are also born in this world and we are sent forth into this world amen hallelujah so do you recognize why you are here in connection with the purpose of his coming and just as the purpose of his coming was to demonstrate love and to give us eternal life that's the same purpose of us being in this world and that's the same work that he has called us to do to continue the purpose of his coming hallelujah a true meaningful christmas would involve you and i fulfilling the purpose of his coming from heaven to earth that's why on christmas morning we don't want to just eat the chicken and the cakes for ourselves but we want to take the jesus film dvd and give it to somebody and very often, as we've given in a street, while we come walking back on the other side, you can hear the audio as a CD plays inside, the movies plays inside. At homes, people have started playing it. And you can hear people have already started watching it. And that gives you great joy. When you hear the sound of that video playing inside somebody's home. And wow. That message of the good news of the gospel has gone into someone's home through us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It would make such a difference in somebody's life. It would make such a difference in somebody's life. And so the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father. He will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. That's how Jesus said, when he called his disciples, Mark 3, 14, we all know that very well. Jesus called his disciples to be 
with him that he might send them out to preach and cast out demons. Mark 3.14 This is the work that God has entrusted with. You find Apostle Paul um, talking about the way, the function of why or how they function in this world. You see the selfless sacrificial love um, with which he serves God. And you find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 to 4, 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 to 17. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession. Like those condemned to die in the arena. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 9 to 17. For it seems to me that God has put us, put us apostles. Well, the very, uh, uh, the, the position of an apostle uh, with that, he doesn't claim some kind of a superiority or a high position that deserves and he doesn't demand respect and honor. But he says, for it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession. Like those condemned to die in the arena. <laughs> That's the kind of life that God wants us to live. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well, to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. Of course, this is in the context of, uh, there was a problem in the church at Corinth, which he's dealing with. Uh, we are weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world. Right up to this moment, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, even if many fathers, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus, I have become, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. While they were disputing about who is uh, who they pledge their allegiance to, uh, some say I follow Paul, some say I follow Apollos, uh, and uh, you know they were divided, and so. In that context, he's writing and they were discrediting his apostleship and all of that. And so in that context, he writes and he says, uh, we are like those who are in the end of the procession. Like those condemned to die in the arena. That's the kind of life that we live. That's the way of life of the apostles. While uh, they have become... Uh, made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels and to human beings. We are fools for Christ. It might look so foolish. Sometimes we want, we do not want to look foolish in the eyes of people. But if you are a sent out one, you will be a fool for Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you are a sent out one and you are doing the very purpose for which Christ has sent you out into this world and if you are testifying about him, you may be considered a fool for Christ. You may be treated like the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world. You know, you and I as the people of God, we should never be ashamed of the gospel. And he says that in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God 
unto salvation for those who believe. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Maybe ask God the grace and the strength not to be ashamed of the gospel. May God stir our hearts this morning with such a zeal that we will not be shy, that we will not hold ourselves back, that we will not think twice about what others would feel. And yesterday while Selby was going to speak to these uh, uh, medicos, he said, go and speak courageously, boldly. Don't think of them as their doctors. <laughs> They're girls. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, those titles, those degrees, the education that people have and all of that can kind of make you feel a little, oh, how are these? Oh, these are all doctors. You should be careful to speak to a doctor. Normally, that's the kind of relationship we have with a doctor, isn't it? We're used to meeting a doctor in a clinic. And so we sit at the edge of the seat. You know? And we speak very respectfully and, and they do a very honorable job. So, but when it comes to proclaiming the gospel, they're girls. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Sometimes the, the positions they hold, the titles they hold, the degrees they hold, can make us feel a little intimidated or uh, we might take a step back and see and think, oh, uh, what are they going to feel? Uh, how are they going to receive it? Uh, what if they think otherwise and uh, how will they respond? Uh, you know, makes you a little nervous sometimes. He said, let's give out this um, New Testament and give out the Jesus film DVD Sometimes giving two things might be like on the face. Oh, that's why you called us for a Christmas party? Oh yes, that's exactly why we called you for that. <laughs> our intention is not to offend anybody, but our uh, uh, sincere intentions are to ensure that they experience Jesus in their lives. Hallelujah. Which will make them uncomfortable, and but we should never be uncomfortable about that. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Never unapologetic. You know, never be apologetic about why you believe in Jesus and saying, oh, you know, what to do? You know, my, I had so many problems and, uh, you know, I had uh, somehow, you know, there was nobody to help me. I uh, just uh, prayed and uh, this miracle happened. So we just went to this church and from there on, we started going to church. Um, uh, you know, like... Uh, don't give excuses of why you go to church. Don't be apologizing for why you believe in Jesus. Declare it boldly. Hallelujah. Amen. We ought to be saying this is the way, the truth and the life. Not one of the ways. All roads don't lead to Rome. That's a common statement you will hear in the world today. But we would have to claim the exclusivity of the truth of the gospel and say, this is who Jesus is. Amen. And so as apostles, as those who are sent out, we might be at the end of the procession. We might be like those who are like the scum of this world. We might be treated like the garbage of this world. We might be, look like fools in their eyes. It's all right. But we are sent out and we got to fulfill that mission for which Christ came. Amen. Hallelujah. And the very same purpose for which he has sent us out as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 
verses 12 to 17, another passage where Paul the apostle says that we are not peddling the word of God for our profit. We are not doing all of this for our profit. We are not taking the gospel for our benefit. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 to 17. Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened the door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, the reason why he, even though the Lord had opened a door for him to go into Troas and um, uh, Paul wouldn't go there, but he's looking for Titus and he had no peace until he found Titus because he uh, felt that there was some unfinished business in Macedonia. Uh, you know, in establishing the church and the teachings. And so that's why, uh, even though the Spirit of God opened a door for the gospel, he also considered establishing them in the teaching and discipling them equally important as much as proclaiming the gospel is important. Okay, that's the context why he says he left Troas, even though the Lord opened a door, he said goodbye to them and went to Macedonia. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. And uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death. To the other an aroma that brings life. For those who are being saved we are an aroma that brings life. For those who are rejecting the gospel we are an aroma that brings death. They hated and who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, we, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. We do not peddle the word of God for profit. We are not proclaiming the gospel so that we will benefit and profit out of that. We are not proclaiming the gospel so that we will have an identity, a name and a place and a, and a position in life. But Paul says... As a minister of the gospel, as an apostle of Jesus, as a sent out one, testifying about Jesus. We are like the scum of the earth. We are like garbage. We, we are like in the end of the procession. And we are not doing this for our profit. But we are doing this so that somebody will find Christ. This is the way of the apostles. This is the life of an apostle. This is the mind of an apostle. This is the kind of life that an apostle lives. Hallelujah. Not for personal profit. What will I gain out of this? No. Today we live in a world which is completely driven by what is called as return on investment. Even if I give a gift to somebody who did well in my team and if I'm giving them an appraisal and giving them a gift because they're working well and even if I give them something I'm looking at what will the return I will get out of that. If I give a word of appreciation in public and elevate somebody, I'm thinking what will I get because I do this? How much more can I draw out of him? That's the corporate world. Right? Everything is calculated. Nothing is given with no purpose. No appreciation is said without an intention. No gift is given without something in expectation. That's the culture of the world. But we are not living to get something out of others. We are living to give ourselves to others without an expectation. 
Hallelujah. Not for our profit, but for their gain. Hallelujah. Not that we may gain, we spend ourselves so that they may gain. That somebody in the world will gain Christ and eternal life. Hallelujah. And so we, I pray this morning that we will really have a new perspective of this Christmas and the Christmases that will come by. I pray that we would truly love, take the love of Jesus and the life of Christ to the people of this world as sent out once as the Father had sent Jesus as Jesus is sending us and as he sent the spirit to testify and he has sent us to testify. May we go forth in this world and make Christmas very meaningful and purposeful by fulfilling that purpose for which Christ was born. May we continue to fulfill that purpose of Christmas. Hallelujah. And that will re result in true rejoicing in heaven and on earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing more satisfying. There's nothing more joyful. There's nothing more fulfilling than to see somebody in this Christmas season come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. That's what we want. That's the joy we want. That's the celebration we want to have. Hallelujah. And then we will go to absolute barbecue. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you have called us. You anointed us. You empowered us. You put your word in our hearts. You sanctified us. You made us your own. You sent us. Your Holy Spirit has been sent to testify about you. And we have also been called to testify. Not that we may earn a position or a title. Not that we may earn a name or a fame. Not that we may be elevated and appreciated and applauded. But even though we may be like the ones at the end of the procession. Like the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world. And fools for Christ. And even we do not want to peddle the word of God for profit. Not for our gain, but that they may gain. Father, we pray that you would stir our hearts this morning. Let your Holy Spirit stir us in a very deep new way, O oh God. Give us such a passion, such a desire, such a restless desire that will not allow us to rest until we have fulfill the purpose of your coming as you were sent by the father you are sending us Lord in this generation of oh father we pray that we will be the carriers of that good news not with fear not with shame not with shyness not being intimidated but Lord to stand as an aroma for Christ, 
as the aroma of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anoint everyone. We pray that we will have true times of celebration. Not just empty celebration, oh God. But a celebration that comes as a result of fulfilling that very purpose for which you came. For which you came. Help us to fulfill that very purpose for which you came. And help us to experience celebration. A true celebration, oh Father. True rejoicing. True joy. That the world cannot give. The material things cannot give. And the world can never take it away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just pray and tell the Lord, Lord, yes, Lord. As a sent out one, I want to go forth into this world fearlessly, tirelessly serve you all the days of my life. And this season, we want to see something happen, oh God. I want to experience that true celebration, oh God. True joy, true excitement of seeing sinners saved. Hallelujah. 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 Not because of new clothes, oh God, but because of sinners saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It really matters. It really matters, my friend. Brother, sister, it really matters. We want to see that happen. We want to see that happen. Father, we pray your blessing upon everyone. We pray that you grant everyone such opportunities, oh Father. In their workplace, we pray that they will create one if they don't have one. Jesus, we pray that you would help them to penetrate into the people, into the communities, into their families, into their relatives, among their friends. We pray for penetration, a powerful penetration of the gospel. We pray for a powerful penetration of the good news of the gospel like never before through everyone. Not one shall be an exemption, but through everyone, young and old, even through little children, oh Father. A great penetration of the good news of the gospel. Use everyone for your glory. We give you all the glory, honor and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.